0: Welcome to the Bovada at odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett, the head odds maker at Bovada is Patrick Morrow, Patrick, uh, my, uh, heart has been in my sleeve. Uh, this whole first couple of weeks, because of the hockey playoffs, uh, they have been everything and more. Um, it's just been uh, gut wrenching. My, I don't sleep at night. I don't. I, it, it's just crazy. Uh, what was it? Saturday? Three of the four games went into overtime. One of them went into double overtime. It was bananas. And you know, I know that a lot of people who listen to the podcast know that we we bag on the NBA and we 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 praise the NHL. It's not just us. It's not just Patrick and myself this week on TBNT. Charles Barkley did it is it just me or does this game need a red bull I (laughs) I think I was watching hockey on TBS I'm not gonna lie but this game is boring this game is boring as hell can you work your magic and get Charles on the show
1: well we've been asked by the fun folks in marketing to uh, throw some names out there and uh, I listen if the Chucksters gonna embrace the NHL and he's a smart man to do it because that that weekend was absolutely nuts well well, let's see what we can do we've had some pretty good uh stars on the show now but I think I think it's time for us to raise our game a little bit. And uh, you know, Barkley's a fun guy. We know we know he likes to bet. We know he likes the NHL. What's not to like? Uh, yeah, let's see what we can do. Um, yeah, great weekend of sports Seth. Um, it was, you know, tough as a Leafs fan and a Tampa Bay better, because I am someone who's all over the place with my emotions. Um, but yeah, that that weekend was incredible. I I hope folks out there didn't need to get too much sleep because you there was more than a few late ones. The NHL delivers. Uh, The NBA, you really, uh, you know, that Memphis game on the weekend. Memphis Lakers. That that was over before it started. It was something like thirty-five to nine after the first quarter. I mean, you can just hit the EA Sports Super Sim button and uh, you know see the final score afterwards because it didn't really matter after that first quarter. And uh, in contrast, we saw uh, the Kings go up three nothing against Edmonton and the Edmonton, Edmonton was able to win that game. That's, you know, these NHL games are not over till the final whistle. There's been so much back and forth and, you know, the, that first week of the NHL playoffs with the NBA in the background, because you do get some good games, but you just don't get the good games per capita that the NHL has been churning out so far. So it's been fun. The NBA's had its moments, but I'm right there with the Chuckster, uh, but you know what? Uh, you know, he, maybe he doesn't do that a couple of years ago if TBS doesn't have those NHL games so i think he's got a little bit more <laughs> maybe. a little bit more uh, freedom to uh, swing like that but uh hey i think his sentiment was still in the right place
0: right if they're on a competing network when they were on nbc you know and maybe he mm-hmm. didn't say it. uh that should be uh funny uh, that, that could be be funny indeed but it's it's just been great it's just all right. I suppose uh, we have to get to the NFL draft, but uh, of course the NFL just wants to dominate headlines each and every day. And uh, earlier in the week, uh, the blockbuster finally came down. Gre- Green Bay Packers trade Aaron Rodgers to the New York football Jets. Uh, that trade comes down. Uh, all kinds of competi- compensation comes down. But what did it do to the future's odds? What How, how did it shake up? everything at Bovada.
1: Well, right out of the gate, Seth, uh, it it looks like Aaron Rodgers finally got his draft week move that he has wanted for a couple years now, and it looked like he was heading to the 49ers back in 2021 when he was really pushing for it. Ended up with the Jets this year. This is something that we already had seen a bit of a drift uh, in favor of the Jets' odds and a decrease in the Packers' odds, because it seemed like the Jets were going to be doing something, either grabbing Rodgers or moving up in the draft. They had a plan for a QB. We've talked about this before. This was a team that was missing that one key part. And a QB like Aaron Rodgers, someone from the draft, was going to be part of it. So we saw the Jets uh, ever so slightly improve their odds at Vada. Uh, thirteen to two or plus seven fifty to win the AFC. We've seen the Packers' odds really drift. They're fifteen to one. They're the third biggest favorite uh, in the, just in their own division now, with the unknown that is Jordan Love under center. So, uh, uh, quite the realignment. You know, the Packers have been for the last decade the team in the NFC North, a team that's constantly in playoff contention, and this looks like they're finally heading in the other direction.
0: One of the oldest sports debates got resurrected yesterday when the the news came down uh, about Rodgers because Joe Namath came out and said that he would give his blessing for Aaron Rodgers to wear number 12. This is one thing I am super passionate about. Retired numbers stay retired. And even if Joe Namath says it, it doesn't matter. That's not his decision. The number was retired. Aaron Rodgers is actually doing the right thing and says he's going to wear number eight which I don't know how the Jet fan is going to feel about all those people who bought Browning-Nagel jerseys, uh, but nonetheless, uh, Aaron Rodgers is doing the right thing. The reason this is such a big debate that I had, and I got into a shouting match with Omar Viscal about this, uh, Omar Viscal, the Hall of Fame shortstop, uh, longtime Cleveland shortstop, uh, goes to the Chicago White Sox And Omar Vizquel asks Luis Aparicio, the uh, legendary uh, White Sox, uh, if he could wear his retired number 11. And what's Luis Aparicio supposed to say? Like, he's not going to be a jerk. He's not going to, no, you can't, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Like, he's not going to say that. So he said yes. And the White Sox let him. And I thought that was a crime. You can't. That's that. That demeans your whole retired number. Like your retired number is hanging in the rafters of your stadium, and there's a guy wearing that number. That's ridiculous. And so it, it's a rule if you retire the number. So <laughs> I made a fake commercial. This is when I was working for MLB. I made a fake commercial. Retired numbers for the Chicago White Sox. No one will ever wear it unless you ask. <laughs>
1: Well, I guess if forty is the new thirty, maybe twelve's the new eight. Uh, it's it's all nonsense to me. I, I don't care. Retired numbers, unretired numbers. Uh, we listen. We we saw what Brett Favre thought about retiring just as a player. So I, I guess uh, numbers don't really mean that much either. Doesn't concern me at all.
0: Well, that's the other one. That, that's the other one about retiring. You can play as long as you want, and it's not. It's never your place in the media. We've talked about this on the podcast. It's never your place in the media to tell a guy to retire, but once he retires, stay retired, because if you go through all the pomp and circumstance of saying goodbye to you, don't then come back.
1: Yeah, that that, that second retirement party, uh, no no one's oh, catering that. Hate that, that. Hate that should that should be Roger Clemens, and Cheese. Brett
0: Favre, now Tom Brady, you know, all all of them. Hey, hate that. All right, now let's shift our focus onto the NFL draft. This is a big night for you, right,
1: Seth? Right out of the gate, I I've got a throw out the caveat that as an odds maker I just hate the NFL draft and why do I hate the NFL draft because it's the silly season I, I can't quantify any of this it's uh, I'm back to my Adam Schefter you know Mortensen all these tweets going directly to my phone and then trying to interpret how much of that is a head fake how much is this uh GM's you know just putting out something to see what a reaction is so they can go in the other direction so this really takes us out of our comfort zone and what I can say is that when we first posted uh, first overall pick odds going back to December, uh, it, was a, it was a two-horse race. It was Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. We both had them at plus 150 uh, to be the first overall pick. That pick, uh, Carolina has traded for it from Chicago. And as of now, the updated odds have Bryce Young, a massive favorite now. He's now minus 2,000, 1 to 20 on the fractional odds, if you look at it that way, to be the first overall pick. And now Will Levis has actually supplanted C.J. Stroud for the second overall pick. Uh, C.J. Stroud was the favorite going into the weekend, and Will Levis into draft week now is the odds-on favorite at Bavada at minus 140.
0: All right, so that's the top two picks, but this is a three-day event. What are the other things that people are looking at, and what are the things that fans listening to this should be looking at?
1: So I'll, I'll do you one better. What should betters be looking at? Not necessarily just fans, because I would say that the further removed we get away from the first pick, the second pick, the third pick, and we, we've already got the top 10 on the board right now, uh, if you want to pick exact player, but the further away we get from what we think we think we know, which is who's going one, who's going two, uh, I, I got to be honest, our expertise really drops off. Uh We've also put out there uh, you know, which position player will be picked first, uh, how many QBs will be picked in the first round, and these are the kind of stuff that, admittedly, we will not do as well on. Uh, will Bijan Robinson be a top-ten pick? Jamar Gibbs be a first-round pick? All this stuff out there takes us out of our comfort zone. So I would say if you're a player uh, and you're really looking to find some value, you really want to go further down the draft selection board at Bavada. Uh, if you want to pick up something that we've screwed up, because I can guarantee you the further we get away from those top two picks, top five picks, um, we're playing a little catch up. We're playing a little bit of guessing game.
0: I want to switch gears for a moment. If anybody knows me, they know I'm a massive Arsenal fan. Uh, Arsenal has a massive game in the Premier League. Number one versus number two, Arsenal taking on Manchester City. It's a huge game that has ramifications basically the winner has an inside track at the Premier League title. What is the matchup like for Bavada?
1: Yes, yeah, Seth. It's, uh, well, first of all, how good was that game on Friday? Uh, Arsenal leads, uh, uh, you guys had to come on real strong, real late just to, uh, just to secure a point. I mean, you guys really needed three in that one, but a loss would have been even more of a disaster. Uh, and it has kind yeah, between of between
0: that you know, and, e- De- and Devil's Rangers, I'll have a heart attack.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what? That really moved, uh, the futures board uh, for arsenal pretty significantly going into that game uh, man city was about a 53% favorite to win the premier league and man city has now jumped all the way up to about a 78% chance to win the premier league Uh, this fixture on wednesday is absolutely massive if you're an arsenal fan arsenal backer uh, they, if previously, if they, if they won against Leeds they would have been okay with a draw against city. I, I think they have to win this game now, Seth, uh, if they have a, if they have a draw, that still be a pretty good result, but man, city has the inside track, but if you like arsenal, you can get them at plus four fifty at Bovada right now to win the premier league. That's going to be a massive game on Wednesday. I'll be rooting for you, Seth. I'll definitely be watching. And, uh, if it's not looking so good, I promise to keep the text light.
0: So it's a big enough game. Uh, I am actually, I went on the Arsenal website and I searched their international <laughs> official viewing sites. <laughs> and I found out that in Hoboken, New Jersey, there is an official Arsenal viewing site. And I'm going to a pub to watch Arsenal play Man City. I'm wearing my jersey. and I'm going to I'm get there early to reserve a spot. And I'm going.
1: It's If you've never done it before, Seth, you're going to have a very, very cool time. Um, yeah, big teams like that in England, they have their various like supporters bar or restaurant or wherever that they watch this game. I- I've gotten up at six, seven o'clock in the morning and they will just serve like coffee and breakfast in these places when that's the case. But you're getting, you know, you're going to be in there in the afternoon. So the, the, the whole menu should be wide open for you. But it is a fun way to take in a game. I was just thinking, uh, you know, we, we did the live show in New Jersey for Leafs Devils. Uh, I think we're going to have to bug the marketing guys to get us together for Arsenal-Liverpool next year. It's it's just got to happen, um, you know.
0: But happen, guys, happen where? I'm it putting that on in, you. In England?
1: Yeah, why not? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, now we're talking.
1: Yeah, if yeah. you guys are listening, to, and you should be, you know, the, just, yeah. just just know I'm going to be knocking on that door soon. And hopefully at that point, you guys will be the reigning Premier League champions because I know it's not going to be Liverpool this year. So I'm happy to root you guys on anybody but Man City. And this year, that just happens to be you guys.
0: Oh, that would be amazing. I mean, I think this is like a it's like the these are the training wheels going to one of these places to see a game. Like right now, I've only seen games from my house. Mm -hmm. I I mean, granted, I'm not a long-suffering Arsenal fan. It's been two seasons. Mm-hmm. last year i had the decision you know my my wife's family are long-time season ticket holders that's that's the that's the hook so if anybody ever asked me oh who do you like in the premier league i'd say arsenal i couldn't name one player never seen a game but last year i decided i was going to go in and i i did that on the heels of when i said i can't watch baseball anymore and that was, that was basically the, the decision. And this was year two of it. This year started, if you remember, with that documentary on Amazon about Arsenal. And I got to know the players. That plus the FIFA game. Uh, you get to know the players. And I know all the players now. And uh, I, I, I think the world of them. I, I think these players are so easy to root for. Um, the NBC coverage of the Premier League is fantastic and the fact that they have been at the top of the table for as long as they have I think NBC's paid particular attention to them I think more than last year or maybe I just know it differently this year but uh, they've done interviews I've seen these guys um, I feel like I know the team even though I live you know you know six hours away you know away you know from Mm -hmm. Um, you know and it's funny because it feels it doesn't feel like i'm rooting for a team that plays in another country it feels like it felt when i was a devils fan living in seattle yes. that's what it felt like i remember agree living that. in seattle during the 2000 stanley cup run and i remember you know all the games were on at weird times and you know i was the only guy watching and stuff like that and it was weird but uh, this manchester city game You know, we've been talking about this game. This is the only chance. I mean, they have a five-point lead, but uh, Manchester City has two games in hand. Uh, They can still make it close, but if Arsenal beats Manchester City, um, they control their own destiny. If they lose to Manchester City or tie Manchester City, uh, Manchester City controls their destiny.
1: I I really got to echo how you can enjoy... Uh, rooting for your team and not being there. And I've done that for the last decade, being a Leafs fan living in Montreal. And I've actually kind of appreciated the insulation I have a little bit from the craziness. You know, we talked earlier about the Leafs lost 7-3 and everybody wanted to blow everything up. And if I was living in Toronto, I could not turn on the radio that day. I would not want to grab uh, the local paper, the Toronto Star, and read through that at all. So I, I appreciate from that same point of view that... This has been a very down season for Liverpool compared to the lofty expectations we have. We are Champions League every year. We're top of the table every year, at least while Klopp's been here. And we are not going to be top four this year, barring a, you know, a, ma- a massive collapse from either Newcastle or Tottenham. Or, or Sorry, it's Man United, I think, right there. Now in the fourth spot. And, and that's okay, because they've still been a very, very good team, and I've been able to enjoy their run and appreciate that. It's also a very difficult thing to do Um, You know, it's always interesting what uh, drives our fandom, especially for North Americans when it comes to English Premier League. You know, you mentioned you have family members that are uh, season ticket holders and, you know, you saw a really good documentary about the team that elevated your fandom. Uh, For me, I've always been a fan of Premier League soccer, but I kind of became a Liverpool fan in a very weird way in that my mother's favorite favorite musical growing up was Carousel, Rodgers and Hammerstein. Mm-hmm. And that's where the famous song is "You'll Never Walk Alone," mm-hmm. and that was my mother's favorite musical. She loved the song; she'd sing it around the house. And as a result, I that's the reason my mother and I danced to "You'll Never Walk Alone" at my wedding. At
0: your wedding, so that's
1: awesome. We we so we came came into this in a very weird way, and then it just so happened that as I started to follow them and got interested, uh, they had that miracle comeback Champions League against AC Milan and Istanbul down three nothing tied it up. They won in penalties and I was hooked. It it, it was just that easy. I've gone to Anfield. I've seen them play at Wembley. I've seen them play at at Everton Goodison park. And uh, there's something because I, I, and we, I think are so insulated from the craziness of what it takes to like run a team with the local media, what your friends are saying about it. I, I don't really have all that. So I get to enjoy Liverpool a little bit more purely than I do, you know, the Leafs or anything that's a little bit more localized on the side of the pond. So from that point of view, you know, it, it sucks that Liverpool's had such a crappy year, but I, I still love them in a very weird and fun way that's different than a lot of U.S. sports.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Uh, it's not, it doesn't compare to rooting for my alma mater. That's mm-hmm. different. Rooting for your alma mater is different only in the sense that, yeah, I watched the games. I mean, I was the guy, I watched uh, Syracuse play Virginia in lacrosse this weekend. I did. I'm a loyalist. Uh, that that's what you do, but it's different. You don't feel the same thing. Uh, Social is, media
1: told me there was a crazy good goal scored yeah. by Syracuse in that game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The problem was they were down by seven. So if that crazy, okay, good so I, goal, I didn't have
1: additional context. Sorry. Yeah, about
0: if that. The, if that crazy good goal uh, <laughs> could count for seven goals, that would have been awesome. But uh, yeah, and it was funny. Uh, we were cleaning up. I'll tell the story on the podcast. It's silly. Um, we had a a glass table shatter uh, in Mm -hmm. our backyard. Um, We had an umbrella that wasn't secure, and it was really windy, and the umbrella came and um, shattered this glass table. So there's little shards of glass all over our table. And uh, so we got most of it, but they were little, like you could see whenever the sun came out, you could see the reflection of these little glass pieces. So I had uh, the game on my phone, the lacrosse game, on my phone, and I was picking up glass pieces, and the that go, that goal happens, but they're down seven, and all I'm thinking is, could you guys get a grip? You're down seven. Like, relax. This is not that big a thing. And then I saw the goal, and I saw why they they went all crazy. But yes, that was that was crazy. <laughs> that was nuts. But but that's what I mean. Like that. To me, that's that's an obligation. I uh, Okay, you want to know my my weird fandom? I watched Saturday morning. I was up early, you know, doing work, and I put on the Syracuse spring game because oh. because the ACC has a deal with ESPN Plus, and all the Syracuse spring games go on. They they work.
1: God, I like I you can't even bet on that. So that 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 loses me right out of the gate. I mean. I, I'm I'm not a big Syracuse football guy on the best of days. I like Syracuse hoops. I'll I'll watch that because they're usually pretty relevant. But Syracuse Spring Football, God help you. There, there's no good cartoons no, it was or just, anything. It was outside. on in
0: the background. No, it's on in the background. It's it was on in the background. I'm not saying I watched every play. It was it was on in the background. It was nice. It was fun.
1: But can you give us the official Syracuse football preview based on what you saw? Who's looking yeah. good? who's looking the, bad? the The Come
0: guys on. in the orange jerseys look better than the guys in the blue jerseys. How about that?
1: go take it to the bank. We're loading Syracuse Orange over Syracuse White this year once we figure out who all those players are
0: all right. Uh, so enjoy the NFL draft, but uh, to to be honest with you, uh, watch more of the hockey playoffs.
1: you know, I, I also think the draft uh it peaked in covid. The draft was one of the coolest things when they were all remote, and, and my, my Roger favorite Goodell moment was still... in his basement. Yeah, and my favorite moment still was when they panned to uh, Bill Belichick's feed, and it was his Husky sitting in the chair in front of a laptop. (laughs) And I was just like, you know what, that's how serious I wish I could take the draft. So I appreciated uh, him doing that a lot. It was also the most betting we had on the draft uh, because that was COVID in 2020. We had so few other sports out there. So that was definitely the most I've ever paid attention to the draft. Uh, I'll definitely echo your sentiments. uh, Watch the hockey, watch the NBA, bet those things. If you if you get the in on who's going where, then definitely jump in. But otherwise, I I you know it, it's an interesting night, but I, I think more of the interest around the draft happens before the draft actually happens. So, you know, the intrigue is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the week leading up to it. Day of eh, if you're one of those guys, go for it, but it's not my cup of tea.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean to me, social media makes it easy to watch. You know what I mean? Like you just, mm-hmm. I, I, I stay on. This is another reason I like Twitter. I I, 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 like Twitter. We haven't talked about Twitter since the blue checks disappeared, but I like Twitter in that it. If, if I want to see what's happening with a team, I search that team. If I want to mm-hmm. see what happened with a player, I search that player. If I want to see what Q's players got drafted, I search Q's. I, I'll, I, I can find out everything I need to see including analysis i don't it, it's not a visual event for me
1: well, agreed and i uh, you know love or hate twitter and i very much have that relationship depending on the day but it is the feed for anything that is happening sports news politics weather disasters celebrations It's uh, you, you really can't beat it and i mean if you're in my line of work i you have to embrace it. So I I'm lucky that I was kind of an early adopter to Twitter and TweetDeck and everything else cuz it's the best way to consume uh you know a lot of sports especially if you you know have decided to cut the cord and you don't want to pay what you do for streaming. You get a pretty good gist of what's happening just by hanging out on twitter.com and following the right people and building the right list. So uh you know blue check uh, controversy notwithstanding uh still a pretty great little website.
0: My two favorite things from the blue check controversy, by the way, if you check out my twitter account, uh this is what I wrote uh, my new profile says was verified when it meant something. Check my pin tweet to see my real bio. My burner account may or may not have subscribed to twitter blue mm-hmm. um,
1: um there are my, people off the scent there a little bit.
0: my favorite my favorite was um there was somebody who found this um. So, there are a bunch of people who are still verified. So, in the initial, it was LeBron James, it was William Shatner, and it Mm -hmm. was uh, Stephen King, the author. Mm -hmm. Then, some guy found that Anthony Bourdain, Kobe Bryant, and Chadwick Boseman are still verified. So, somebody tweeted... Why is Elon Musk buying Twitter Blue for past celebrities?
1: Yeah, he also got into it with uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the very funny Twitter account at uh, Drill D R I L, who organized this block the blue campaign over the weekend, which was they were going to block everybody that had signed up for Twitter Blue, oh. and then so what Elon did was he gave him a blue check mark, and then he started editing his profile. And I was just thinking like this is how a billionaire a hundred hundred a billionaire hundreds of times over it was spending his weekend was verifying and unverifying people just somewhat at random. And I mean, I mean, it's just it's not it's not not what the the...
0: verifying is. It's not what the point of it was. And the point of it was and, you know, there are so many fake accounts. There were fake school accounts. There are fake. Mm -hmm. uh, It's it's, it's awful. Again, I don't want to open up a can of worms. It's awful, but it's become it's become a real shit show. How about that? It's just become a shit show.
1: I'm a little offended that there hasn't been any Pat Morrow parodies out there. Just, I'm not big league Oh, there are yet.
0: fake Seth Ah, uh, uh,
1: There you I, go. I, I, I went see after no. a couple
0: of them. When I got hacked, I went after the fake Seth Everett's. Oh, yeah? There was one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were lots of them.
1: <laughs> Boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, m- maybe uh, my lack of notoriety is doing me some favors then. No one's opening up any credit cards under my name yet that I know of. Credit check is still good.
0: Credit check still good.
1: All right, that'll do it for the
0: Bavada at Odds podcast. Don't forget, just remember when you're thinking about what to watch this weekend, listen to the words of Charles Barkley. Is it just me or does this game need a Red uh, Bull? No joke, I think I was watching hockey now, on TBS. I'm sure not gonna lie, born, soul, but this game is boring. As, this game is boring as hell.